What's good, everybody? Welcome to 99 Miles Per Hour with me, your host, Percy Garner, where we talk about life and sports and everything in between. What's good, everybody? Uh, welcome to part two with Steve Van Horn. Uh, appreciate you having appreciate having you here, Steve. Thank, thanks for having me back. This is part two of our 12-part series. So we'll, I think we'll get up through fifth grade today. Oh, no, we love it, man. We love it. We love having you here. That's why I invited you here, man. And uh, we're going to get in some uh, some fun stuff today. Um, but, yeah, we appreciate having you guys here. Uh, if you want to find us, we got YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash. We don't have enough subscribers to have our own uh, URL. So <laughs> get to 100. Get to 100. <laughs> yeah, 200, 200, and we'll get there. Um, but uh, we also got merch at Get Level. Um, What's well, Teespring slash stores slash Get level uh, listeners. That will also be in the uh, link in the description. So professional. Um, uh, and then, obviously, we'll have the rest of our stuff. Steve, Steve's got, you know, he's really big on LinkedIn. You, you don't have a Twitter, do you? Uh, I think I did create one to watch a video like 10 <laughs> years ago, but I've never done anything with it. So don't. We'll link all your socials in there that you use. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Facebook and LinkedIn would be the two best okay, ones. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. Those are sure. good ones. Those are good ones. Uh, we'll make sure we have those in there as long as as, uh, as well as mine. Now it's a little warm in here, but um, so we got through, you know, some of your your growing up stories. You know, your your father, your mom, uh, our auntie Susie's, and, yeah, our aunt Susie's, and uh, all that <laughs> stuff, which was great. But uh, you know, my main focus is, and I think I might have to start altering my my formats to make sure we get to the 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 nitty gritty and uh, basically what got you where you're at. Um, which family did, obviously, they did uh, form you and mold you. But uh, I want to talk more about, you know, your vice president of ComDoc and sales and how that is. Yes, the biz. biz. Gotcha. Um, But, I mean, obviously, I work at ComDoc with Steve, in case you didn't know. Uh, ComDoc is a tech company. I like saying that now. Yeah. (laughs) We're a tech company, and uh, we got this big, massive building that we're super proud of in North Canton. So if you want to go see it, go check it out. If you want to come buy something from us, just stop in. Anyway. (laughs) I like the plug. Yes, yes. Uh, But I'm curious, Steve. So, um, And I'm just going to jump right in on you. Hope you're ready. Let's go. Uh, What are some core principles that you think are required, you know, when it comes to sales or, you know, sales professionals? Great question. And, you know, we're recording this on the day that Micah Mills and Percy's podcast came out, which thank you. I never want to follow that ever again, because that was <laughs> an absolutely phenomenal podcast this morning. Appreciate so it. Appreciate I, it. I enjoy getting to know Micah better, but that was a phenomenal story. And the uh, talk track was just awesome. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, so some core principles for me. And, you know, it's, it's ironic because as we talk and you said, you know, family has so much to do with, you know, why I'm where I'm at. But you also know that that's so much of the way that our office kind of operates, too. True. It's very much a family-like atmosphere. And we know each other so personally. We hang out outside of work for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's the challenge. So I manage about um, 90 people between our sales service and support out of our Akron branch. And uh, we're, we literally, we all socialize on a regular basis. We know each other's kids' names and what's important. So... You know, I think that ties in with one of my core principles, which is, you know, a certain amount of genuineness. I think people have to be genuine. Um, I don't 
like having to figure out whether someone's being fake with me, whether or not they have ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to know that there's someone who has, you know, very altruistic goals and someone who's being very upfront with me. So that's something that's really important to me. Um, our job is very, um, atomic, you you know, you have to be able to function on your own without having someone, you know, it's kind of like going to college, right, Percy? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In high school, you don't go, somebody shows up, you can actually, you know, your parents can get arrested for not sending you to high school and then you go to college and it's kind of like, you know, getting hit with a wet towel. You're like, whoa, nobody (laughs) cares if I come to class. They'll still cash the check. Yeah. And they're perfectly fine flunking me out. Yeah. So that's kind of more the way that Comdoc functions. So people are used to going to jobs um, where they may be punching a time clock at 7.30 or 8 o'clock and they punch out at 5 and they take their 15-minute breaks and that's not our job, right? No, not at all. (laughs) So so you tell me, what what, what does that entail, Purse? What does a normal day look like? I mean... You know, obviously we have some coworkers that didn't go to college, but I think having some type of scheduling background or just some organization, which we had to teach some comdoc workers some organizational. <laughs> <laughs> we might have him on the show later. Yeah. No, we ain't gonna mention no names. He knows who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it's being able to take responsibility and accountability, like to yourself. Obviously, you hold us accountable, and you know it's not totally hands off. You you help as much as you can, like. Uh, you know, if, if we speak up and ask for help, but it's more of, look, you're going to create your schedule. You're going to book appointments. You're going to go, you know, meet with these customers. You have to develop the relationship with them because we all know sales is relationship stuff. And <laughs> you can't just run up in there and be like, hey, here's our price and, and you know, expect to have success, especially in a community like Dover and Tuscarawas County and stuff like that. Um, but for me, it's it's all about, you know, you really got to want to to work. You can't, it's not one of those where you're like, Oh, you can't come to Comdoc with an attitude of, Oh my gosh, you know, yeah. Eight to five, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's and the one thing I do love about Comdoc is you guys really do take, you know, family into account. Like, obviously you want us to work. I'm not saying that you're, you give us free passes, but if there's something going on with the family, like you, I've never seen a time where you're like, nah, you really have to do this. You know, Tell your wife or kid to hold on. It's been, hey, yeah, go attack it, man. You know, but just make sure you get this done or, you know, something like that. And being a part of that after being at some previous jobs, you know, that's just so refreshing. It makes you want to work hard when you're, you know, doing the, the daily duties. Right, right. So, but well, that, that's how I think of it, Comdoc, I guess. Well, I'm glad you've come to appreciate this. So you understand the importance of the autonomy then and some being someone who's self-disciplined enough to understand that, Nobody's going to call you every morning at seven o'clock. I've never called you one time person, you know, a year and a half you've been with us now and said, you know, Hey, are you out of bed? You know, I don't, I don't suspect you're working right now. That's just not the way our business works. So the first thing we need is people who have a high motor and that's, you know, a sports term that gets translated over to business. People who want to get up, they're excited to get up. Um, you mentioned in the last podcast, that's kind of, you know, one of my traits is I wake up every morning kind of ready to go. I'm yeah. not necessarily a a morning or an evening or afternoon person. I just kind of keep it going all day. I I think eventually one day I'll just crash, (laughs) but I think energy is definitely one of those things. that's really important. Honesty is critically important when you talk about key principles for a salesperson. Mm. Um, especially if you're going to do business in a small town like Tuscarawas County. Um, you know, we operate in counties and we mentioned in the last podcast that our territory, the one that I have the opportunity to work with and the privilege to work with every day goes down as far South as, really just a little south of Cambridge, as far north as like Brexville, as far west as out to Worcester, Orville area, and then as far east as Alliance. So those are all pretty small communities in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, you can't get away with being 
dishonest if you're yeah. someone who has that on your mind. And I, I would hope that through the interview process, we're able to flush any of that out. Um, you know, anybody that's maybe a snake oil salesman, because <laughs> uh, we don't want that in our industry. That's not something that we want. You know, our principles are to be honest and Comdocs always operated with a, the highest of level of integrity. And we want to continue to maintain that far into the future. And that's why we've been able to, to succeed at such a high level for the last 70 plus years. I mean, when you look at who Comdoc has the privilege of supporting every day, you know, it's the biggest and best accounts here locally. It's, you know, the Altman and Suman, Akron General and Akron yeah. University and Kent State University and Diebold. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about having some of those references. Do you think security is important to Diebold? Yeah. I mean, they manufacture <laughs> ATMs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the Ohio State University is one of our largest customers. And the list goes on and on and on. But those people are essentially trusting, you know, now you mentioned technology. That's what we do. Yeah. So technology means, you know, infrastructure support, network security. So they're trusting that to us not compromise the security and they're spending millions in some case maybe even tens of millions of dollars to protect you know student records and patient records and we have to be HIPAA compliant and all the other things so um, integrity is just of the utmost importance to us we have to have people who are just really really trustworthy people Um, and then I I think you know there's a couple of other ones that are really important to me that uh, have kind of guided me throughout my life Uh, you know we talked about being genuine we talked about being honest, I think being accountable, you know, when someone makes a mistake, just saying, Hey, I screwed up. You know, yeah. you and I have had this conversation before I've yeah. told you before, you can't break anything so bad. I can't fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Comdoc and Xerox have always given us the flexibility to make things right. Even if it costs a little bit of money. Right. So, you know, being accountable, don't be afraid to just say, you know what? I screwed up. I made a mistake next time I'll learn from it and I'll get it right. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's something that's really important in business too, because you learn to, again, that goes back to trust and integrity that, hey, I know I can trust Percy, and if he screws something up, he's going to be the first to tell me, and we can get it corrected. So those are just a few of the guiding principles that I think are really important. Yeah, I mean, I would agree at all of those. Uh, and it's funny that, because uh, I think I talked to you about this before, it's with the honesty piece. Obviously, there's been, you know, terms in the past, I don't know, forever, that there's been salesmen of, oh, you know, like you, you've already mentioned it, you know, a sneaky or a slime bar, or would, you, would you say? Snake oil snake salesman. Snake salesman. It's an old school term. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you're so much older than me. I don't know what the term is. No. Oh, <laughs> oh, here we go, Josh. Here we go. <laughs> but um, just you're, the. You're right. I am. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the, um, we always want to hold the salesman, you know, to, to be honest or, you know, ridicule them for not. But I think it works both ways. You know, we've in your years of Comdoc and just in your sales history, I'm pretty sure you've came across customers who don't necessarily hold up their end of the bargain. But um, and that's when it comes to us, you know, being salesmen and full of uh, integrity and stuff like that. We have to we have to deal with that. And obviously the customer's always right. So yeah. <laughs> I just want to bring that up. You know, I don't I didn't prepare Steve anything with this, but I just want to make sure, you know, all you customers out there. That don't play nice. No. <laughs> First of all, you'll never hear me say that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> the customer is not always right. <laughs> Am I the first sales or business professional to ever record that? <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you're, you're being honest right here. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, you know, quite frankly, there's been business over the last dozen years I've been doing this, and even prior to this, when I was with Sprint Nextel, that I walked away from business because there was something that compromised, you know, my principles and my mm. morals and. Um, that's not the kind of business that we work with, you know. Um, I think that ties in with something else I hope to talk about today, which is, you know, building out diversity in the workspace. And right now is as relevant a time as ever to have that conversation, right? So there are certain people who won't buy from certain people because of, 
Hey, I don't buy from men. I don't buy from women. I don't buy from African Americans. I don't yeah. buy from homosexuals, whatever it is. Yep. And that's just not uh, something that I've ever, you know, cared about. If that's something that's important to you and you feel really impassioned that you can't work with one of my salespeople because of one of those key characteristics, then quite frankly, go buy from somebody else. Yeah. I don't, I don't want your business and Comdoc can, will be just fine without it. Um, so we just don't want that kind of, you know, lack of love in our business, quite frankly. So, um, I, yeah, I'm, I would, I feel comfortable going on the record saying the customer isn't always right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That was well put. That's what I was, you know, I was trying to lead him into saying all that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice job. Put that meatball right down the middle. Yes. Uh, I'm good at that. No. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but no, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't say it better myself and dude, that just, I just, I hope a lot of people and people that are sales, uh, professionals, you know, latch onto that and kind of, you know, ride that uh, as part of their daily principles uh, and when they're doing their their jobs and selling whatever they sell. Um, but, uh, you know, I, obviously, a part of the a couple sales jobs I've had, we talked about the importance of, uh, you know, knowing like objections and knowing your product and, you know, just preparation. You know, you can't go to appointment just showing up and like, hey, uh, how you doing? And just expecting it to go. <laughs> But after time, you might be able to get away with it. But yeah, yeah. in the first few years, that might be tough. Yeah. Well, we're not all, you know, John or Gaza's. <laughs> he's a coworker. Papu. And he, yeah, he's he's old as dirt. No, I'm joking. No, uh, but he, legally, he's I can't even comment on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but like, talk about just. Uh, I guess we can talk about objections, and you know, if you're looking to yeah. be a sales professional, I mean, you got to know how to handle. Uh, pushback from the customer or it's just going to be you know because i've went through this where a customer pushbacks the pushback uh, pushes at me and i'm just like okay well i'll see you later i guess i won't sell that to you but obviously i'm never going to be successful if i continue with that bad so <laughs> you're doing better percy yeah. I, I can say honestly <laughs> he's coachable yeah uh, yeah well that's one thing you got to be we should probably talk about that about being coachable but you do and i love that part of yours and micah's podcast and micah you know mentioned you know if you love someone you owe them the feedback and that's something that uh one of my mentors Stu wise taught me is feedback is a gift and when i give it to you and when you give it to others that's something that you know you do out of love and sometimes it can seem critical, but you need to put it in a format that, you know, can be handled and delivered in a constructive manner, which hasn't always been my forte, <laughs> uh, pretty direct person. But um, yeah, those are all really, really important things. And when you're trying to create a, a culture within your workplace, which is something that, I mean, how many times a week do you hear that word, Percy? Oh, my. Culture, culture, culture. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 what we do. That's my f whole push is creating a culture. Um, so, um, it's, it's really important to make sure that all those intangibles are intact. It's just the same way with a successful sports organization, um, any business, right, Josh? Yeah. I mean, you've experienced it with your employers and the different organizations you've interacted with, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Culture. I think, I think we need a camera for Josh moving forward. Nah, it's all good, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll spin this one around. I might freeze up again for the fourth time. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but I mean, when, when you, when you go in deep into something like that, like, you know, handling objections or just knowing mm -hmm. what you got to deal with every day, it's, it's hard. And they always compare sales to sports. And, you know, that's why, you know, the funny thing I remember about you, Steve, you didn't come after me hard and recruit me to come work at ComDoc when you first hurt, you know, when you first realized I retired. And I kind of admired that, but I don't understand why I admired that until we actually went through the hiring process. But, um, 
<laughs> I don't know that I knew you well enough to know if I really wanted you the first yeah, time. Yeah, I guess. I, I like it. I say I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, that's good. And I've always heard good things. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope so. You know, we, me and Michael were talking about, you know, there's some people in this county that we just didn't, you know, vibe well with. So, you know, hopefully yeah, uh, I'll always heard good things. I find that hard to believe. You and Mike are pretty pretty well-respected men in the community. See, you heard it here first, Steve Van Horn. <laughs> We're pretty respected. Speaking of respect. Um, I don't know that I ever handled your objection question either. So uh, we'll get to it that. We get to it. <laughs> we'll get there. I kind of go down rabbit holes. That's another one of my MOs. So. It's all good. Sometimes it's good. But um, yeah. speaking of, like, respect and kindness, um, what, I just want to mention this. So one of the employees at the Akron Rubber Ducks uh, field, um, she had this shirt that she would wear – probably once or twice a homestand and it just said kindness is so gangsta and i just thought it was the best shirt ever i don't know why i mentioned it now but i just had to <laughs> i decided to bring it up because That's i was almost like, as cool as a shirt i saw one time that said all you need is love oh yeah can we see that can we see that? <laughs> uh, i wore that on purpose that was intentional for listeners yeah <laughs> people that can't see it on youtube right now that's what person's shirt says yes um and I'm going to be wearing it on stream tonight, baby. Um, <laughs> but, you know, speaking of respect, just obviously what's going on in the world right now, and you already sp- touched on diversity. Mm-hmm. and um, But just, like, if you were moving forward, you know, in, in a coaching career or a leadership position like you're in, or just with your kids, like, what would you tell them about respect? Or, like, how would you want them to live their life, uh, you know, carrying respect as one of their, their, their core principles? Oh man, this, this is a topic I could talk about for a while, Percy, because it's something I care a lot about. And, you know, going back to our first podcast, when we talked about, you know, high school and relationships. And I look back with, I think we all do not necessarily say, man, I wish I could go back and change everything, but you look back with a certain amount of regret. And I wasn't, I don't know that I was necessarily like mean or cruel in high school, but I definitely didn't utilize my platform the way that I should have. Um, and that's something that with my kids, it resonates. And I tell my kids all the time, like, just be kind, you know, go out of your way to talk to somebody. And my son, when he first started going to school, you know, I had this thought that like, how would I feel if I knew he was sitting in the lunchroom by himself and not one kid would walk over and have lunch with him? Like, how would I feel? That's my son, right? How, how would that make me feel? So if that's not the case with him, then maybe he can help the kid who that is the case with. So I would always tell him in the morning and my wife would kind of laugh, you know, it's a Gavin, find somebody today doesn't have a friend and this is before the buddy bench and everything was you know in dover and i I would tell him you know go find him and talk to him like you're you know he's in sports and he's he's a very easygoing kid and so he has a lot of friends and i've always told him like pull people into your circle you know be kinder and if i could go back to high school that's one thing that i would just do differently is just really make a concerted effort to go out of my way to expand my circle and pull more people in and we talked about how you kind of end up you know fitting your athletic clicks because you spend so much time with them yeah but really that's an excuse because there's still plenty of time in the day that i could have you know just walking down the hallway said you know hey how's it going i heard this is going on with your family you know is there anything we could do or Um, so I I really do regret that going back, you know, that I I wasn't more that way, but I want to try to make sure that I instill that with my kids that you could literally be the best part of somebody's day. And we talk about that in sales now where a lot of people see cold calls as an interruption, but it's amazing. You know, you've already done thousands of cold calls. I've done (laughs) tens, if not hundreds of thousands, you know, you've walked into situations before where you're just kind of like, Oh oh my gosh, the receptionist is crying or there's flowers on the desk because they're in bereavement or I mean, all these different situations and you literally have the opportunity to be the best part of the day. And that, you know, there's so many different sayings that can support that thought that, you know, be a fountain, not a drain, but just walking in with a smile on your face, which 
Has Percy Gardner ever entered a room? I hate smiling, man. Without a smile on his face, right? <laughs> Didn't Hammy say the best smile in Major League Baseball? Tito did too. Tito, did Tito too. said that too, yeah. So, that, I mean, just how important that is. And uh, do you know who Dan Olabi is? I do not. No, so he he was uh, he he started at New Point. He was he had started somewhere before that even, but he became really a presence at New Point, and now he does a lot of different things. But he's an African American gentleman, and he posted something on LinkedIn. And if you haven't read it yet, I would encourage you to go find him. And it's Dan Owalabi. It's about sounds just like it's spelled O W A, I believe. But he um he was talking about the importance of a smile, and he's was just talking to his children about how when he doesn't smile, he does have a very intimidating look. And he said, you know, that's that's one reason it can bring joy to other people. And the post, the post I don't want to steal his thunder, so go read the post. Yeah, don't ruin it. Don't but as I'm it, no. reading it, I'm thinking, like, this isn't even something that would apply to exclusively an African-American. All, obviously, right now, yeah. with things that are going on in the world, it's extremely important, maybe. But just that ability to spread joy and to have a positive impact in people's lives. And I've told representatives before, sales, sales folks, when they're like, man, it's tough when you go in and somebody's mean to you on a cold call. I know you and Micah hit a little bit on cold call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how do you deal with that? And I'm like that says more about them than it does about you. And you've heard me say that a million times. Yeah. That's not going to let them ruin our day. That doesn't have anything to do with what you give Krista when you get home, yep. Percy, P, Peyton, you know, when she gets home. I mean, you can't let that impact you. That says more about that person and where they're at in their life. But all you can do is just flood them with positivity, um, hope hope that you can somehow maybe give them a little bit better perspective that day and leave it at that. I like that. I I'm going to start, you know, I got to think, I might just put that as a sticky note in the car because it definitely will help, you know, going to those businesses. Because, you know, obviously, I don't know if you, you know, you're the cold call pro now. you just oh, done man. it so many times. I don't know. I still get that. I mean, and you mentioned that at some of our calls where, you know, you make excuses. You go past that building and there, there's a whole bunch of cars. You're like, oh, I don't want to interrupt. You know, they probably got <laughs> stuff going on. Or you run by and there's one car. You're like, oh, you know, there's... <laughs> Nobody's there today. <laughs> yeah, nobody's there today. I'll come back another day. Like how many cars is the perfect number of cars to cold call that day, right? Exactly. Four. There's four yeah. cars. Today's the day. I'm going for And then, uh, oh, yeah, we already signed with someone else. Uh, but that's human tendency, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, think about it. That's life, you know? I mean, anything you don't want to do, you create roadblocks in your mind as to why it's justifiable to not do it, right? Yeah. Isn't it everything? Yeah. Did I, you say roadblocks or roadblocks? Roadblocks. I think you got your kids' games that are playing on their iPad. <laughs> no, I don't even know. Is there a roadblock? There's game? a roadblock. Oh, really? Just R-O-V. <laughs> Boy, one more thing I get to look forward to. But no, I mean, I, I think for me, you know, I go through different phases where, you know, weight, where I, you know, fluctuate up and down anywhere between, you know, 195 and 240. And it's usually based on how many mental roadblocks I can create for myself to justify me being lazy or not working out and the most mm -hmm. common one is i'm too busy yeah and you know somebody told me a long time ago if something's important to you make time for it yep. if, if it's not you won't yeah right which is you know you hear a quote like that and you're like wow that's like stupid simple but yeah that makes a, a hell of a lot of sense <laughs> yeah so uh, i think that's the same way we are in sales you know like oh i don't want to cold call today because i have to get these proposals done i have to work on my sales quote configurators for people who you know are at conduct they know, yeah, know our, our lingo yeah exactly <laughs> i, I want to do a couple of e-learnings which you know all those things are really really important too but is it something that needs to be done you know right then and there And we've oftentimes in sales talked about the difference between urgent and important yeah you know there can be something that's extremely important but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's urgent right yeah and there can be something that's really really urgent that might necessarily not be that important but yeah. it needs to be handled in a very critical amount of time so you know there's just so many things you learn over the years that when people first come into sales I, and i remember i did it we talked just for a second my first episode about pete batista yeah and oh my gosh percy i was so intimidated so intimidated really? when I first, oh yeah, I felt like an idiot. 
literally. <laughs> I, I felt like I was in over my head. Um, he was so good at his job, and he was so smooth, and things just flowed out of his mouth. And a customer would hit him with an objection that made me want to crawl under the table. And Pete was just like, boom, he would come right oh. back with two or three questions to clarify it. And um, he just had all the right words, and he was so smooth, and I never saw him get shook. And uh, so, you know, I thought, man, I'll never be there. I, I don't have that skill. I don't have that talent. I wasn't blessed with the gifts Pete was blessed with. And I didn't just see him do it. I saw Dale Highsmith do it and a million other people. That names. You know, yeah, yeah, you know these names. Yeah. These are like Comdoc legends. And uh, I was like, I can never do this. And slowly but surely, I'll never be as good as Pete. And I've come to realize that. And I'll probably never be as good as Dale. But I can be the best Steve. Yeah. And so, you know, I have my own spin on it. But I can certainly sit in a room now with, you know, many other executives and hold my own when it comes to objection handling. I don't crawl under tables anymore. <laughs> I don't have to take, you know, Pete along anymore, but it's funny because sometimes I'll say something and I'll be like, Whoa, that sounded like Pete, you know, or Whoa, that sounded like Keith, or, you know, one of oh, the yeah, many, Keith many mentors I've had. And yeah. now, you know, I'm fortunate enough to work with a whole new regime of leaders and we have a very young leadership team in Comdoc and Jeremy Wood and Will Frank and, uh, Tori Spadafore and other folks who, you know, I learn from every day and we're on a lot of calls together and I'll say something to be like, where did I hear that? Oh, like two hours ago on that call. That's great. <laughs> so, you know, and that goes back to another um, principle. You have to be constantly willing to learn yeah. constantly and you'll get humbled in this business. So yeah, you will absolutely. You could be a really successful, you know, like Cleveland Indians pitcher, for example, <laughs> and get your teeth kicked in in sales. It's Ooh. just, it's, it's what happens. Head butt of the mic. Yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> As you bust your teeth out. With <laughs> yeah. it. Well, I think I talked about that with the episode of Micah where I went in with Robert. Yeah, that was a great story. And you were like, what do you do people here? Yeah, that was great. I was do kids. Uh, yeah, do you do kids? And I'm like, whoa, what did I've, I just I've, say? Listen, it's one of the most enjoyable parts of my job is when we hire new people going out cold calling with them because they expect that, you know, all day as the manager or the, the supervisor, you're going to do the work for them. And yeah. then like by the third or fourth call, that's just what we do. We're like, all right, you got this one? And people are like, oh, what? <laughs> Like me by myself. And I've heard so many amazing cold calls, but <laughs> what you got to realize is like, those just go in the vault. You know, those are things we get to talk about for the next like, yeah. however many years. They're and I've done it. I've done it a million times. I've done it even a few years ago. You know, you just, you're having a bad day. Have you ever had one of those days? Either of you were, you know, the words are there, but you just cannot yes. grab them. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm talking yes. about? You're like, I can't remember names. The words just aren't flowing. And I, I have those days um, pretty frequently anymore. <laughs> But it's uh, it's just funny. I've gone on cold calls and be like, what, what, what was I gonna say? Or like, you get inside, and the second that they're like, you know, hey, how can I help you? You forget the name of the business that you just walked in or what they do, and you're like, <laughs> that's the best. Oh, how do I apply like a value statement on the spot? <laughs> that's like, you know, a key KPI, key performance yeah, indicator, yeah. Or something that's relevant when I don't even know where I'm at right now. Like, <laughs> that's the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In my so, short career, that's happened a few times. <laughs> but the key is what we talked about earlier. You you don't get flustered. You know, you don't. You just, you know that the, the most important thing is you answer honestly. So you don't want to give wrong information. So you become the king of saying, you know what, person, I don't, I, honestly, I don't have that information right now, but I'll get it for you. Nobody's going to work harder to get you the correct answer. And I will have it for you, you know, within an hour of leaving here, or within a day or whatever the proper expectation is. So, but you never give the wrong information. Yeah. And every time you witness somebody do it, you know, better than you had the ability to that day, you get just a little bit better. And I remember you telling me this as you went on your journey through the different baseball teams. And you might've talked about it on podcast one that, you know, like when you first got drafted by the Phillies, it wasn't a good fit. They had a really good program and, but they offered you a little bit that helped you get better. And then we yeah. got to the Indians 
you know, it was a much better fit culturally, yeah. but yep. they were really the ones that helped to push you to where you needed to be. And then yeah. at the end, when you went to the Orioles, you know, you were able to gather a little bit more that, you know, it all just kind of compounds. And it goes back to the first episode you and I did together where, you know, you really are just this culmination of everything around you and all the people and influence you've had. And in sales, that's especially true for the best ones. Yeah. You know, they've had the opportunity to work with other really, really talented people. And if you didn't take good notes, and Pete Batista, he had a lot of funny <laughs> sayings. You know where I'm going with this yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Pediism, as we call them. Something about, uh, something about memory. I know you're going with the pencil. Go yeah, ahead. you got it, man. Pediism, <laughs> the shortest pencil always beats the longest memory. So, mm. in other words, write it down. Um, so, some and For really me, I had to that. go and get an iPad to take notes. I, I got tired of writing on paper. Oh, you know I remember me. the day Percy got this iPad. It was big happenings, man. It was big. It was big. He was showing us the pencil and how it charged. If I could sell the iPad and the Apple Pencil, I mean, if I could sell copiers like I was selling this to the whole sales team, I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd be doing pretty well. I'd have Steve's job right now. <laughs> Percy, I got to say, is one of our most organized, which is another characteristic you got to have. You're very organized. Your desk is always clean, unlike some reps that will go unnamed or Robert. Um, but anyways, uh, you, you're very organized. You love the CRM, which yep, is important yep, in sales yep, to be yep. able to utilize that so that you're not constantly repeating the same work. And yeah. so, yeah, it all ties together, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm obsessed with, uh, always finding the shortest and best way to do something. I, I don't know what I'm always looking at YouTube. Like, all right, how do I do this? You got quickest to you way? work smart and hard, <laughs> Yeah, smart and hard. But, uh, to go into something completely different, sort of, Oh boy. um, we're getting close to father's day. Oh, yes. And I'm going to give a shout out to Amanda Fondras because she, I was on the phone with her for about 30 minutes today. And she was like, hey, there, I have some suggestions. And I was like, I just soaked it all up and typed them into my own CRM that I have. That's a personal one because mm -hmm. we can't use ours for personal reasons probably. But, uh, <laughs> and I was taking some notes and just appreciate you, Amanda. Anyways, uh, so some of these are coming from her. So she was like, I'm, I got really excited about the Father's Day. You should have a Father's Day special. I'm like, all right. Amanda, well. who is, by the way, uh, sister of the Matt, best friend yeah, that I mentioned. Yeah, Matt Fonders, yes, so Matt, exactly. Yeah. She also said I got to reference people who aren't from Dover that don't know everything that we've experienced. Um, we got to we gotta act like uh, Is she implying there's a world outside of Dover? Is that, <laughs> Sounds no, like she is. I'm kidding. It's one thing I do love about our job. We get to experience the world outside of uh, yes, Tuscarawas County. So. Yes, exactly. But um, so... Obviously, your dad has instilled a lot in your family and all that, but just talk about, um, like, your marriage and your, your parenting, like, how, obviously, we talked about you, how you want your kids to, to be respectful and how you go about that, and you give a perfect example. I love that. I might, you know, steal that from you, um, which I'm sure that's what you do stuff for. You want to be <laughs> an inspiration, and you want people to steal it, just like you stole stuff from feet. Um, but, like, when you find something and you just, you kind of latch onto it, like how, what are some tactics you can use, like what some fathers can use with their kids to just make them, you know, understand? Because obviously the biggest thing from the kids now, and we were the same way when we were getting taught stuff, and I'm pretty sure if we had our parents on here, they would be like, oh, I had no idea what I was doing. But at the time we were like, you know, they're, they're great parents, they know how to do this. But just with your experience, take, um, uh, we already talked about respect, but just take, you know, one of your other core uh principles that you like to lean on and just, you know, how can you share that with other fathers out there or potential fathers that, you know, or I guess fathers kid, to be. Yeah. Or kids who necessarily don't have a father or a, a fatherly figure in their life. Um, just, I guess, connect it some way. I'm asking a lot out of you right here. No. <laughs> in five minutes. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Man. Loaded question. Here we go. I'm like sitting here like I'm, you know, like in, in a pew at church as you're saying that, like, <laughs> amen, 
person. <laughs> Preach. Um, I might do that. That's going to be my next venture. No. Honestly, that's probably outside of, you know, some, some work things that I work on. And I mean, there's, there's a few things that occupy definitely the majority of my mind share. And that's one of them is, you know, what are my kids learning from me? What do they have the opportunity to learn? And what can I teach them? And how can they learn from my mistakes so they don't maybe have to, you know, yeah. look back with same, some of the same Again, I, I always hate saying regret, but how can they look back and say, man, I, I really feel good about the way I did that, and I can't do that with everything I've ever done, and I doubt anybody ever yeah. can, but you live with that thinking, man, I missed an opportunity, and that's something that I, f- I really focus on now is not missing those opportunities, and there's been really unique circumstances in my life that have, have driven that like there is with anybody, and you know, a, cu- a few years ago, I had a customer, it was actually one of John Argazos's customers who I went over to see him to collect paperwork at the end of the day. And I knew he was having a really rough day. He was a younger guy. He was like 24, 25 years old. It was like 5 o'clock, very end of the day. He was right around the street from the office in, in Uniontown. And uh, when I got there, I knew something was off. He was a director of IT. And I was like, man, you okay? He's like, yeah, I just got some stuff going on in my personal life. And my girlfriend and I just broke up. And I'm like, oh, man, I hate to hear that. But I had somewhere to get to pretty quickly that day. I'm like, yeah, man, um, well, maybe we could go out for a beer one night, you know? And he's like, yeah, that'd be good. And he kind of jumped on it. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll give you a call or something. And he's like, yeah, but I just grabbed the paperwork and left. Yeah. And then like a week go by and we were following up on the deal and I called and I said, hey, by the way, we haven't heard anything from him. like a week. What happened? She's like, are, are you serious right now? I'm like, what? She's like, he committed suicide last Tuesday. He's, he's gone. Oh, no. And I remember calling Ergie like on the cusp of tears, like, dude, I think I might've been the last person to see him. I think I might've been like, you know, I, I had the opportunity to maybe slow down mm-hmm. and, and so that's something that I think about a lot in interactions with people is, you know, how many times could that maybe be the last chance or how many times? So, you know, going back to that thought of you might be the best part of that person's day. Like yeah. in some instances, you very well could be the very best part of their life in that given moment. Right. For sure. I've had this conversation with a lot of other people and, you know, Sean Metcalf, who owned the CrossFit gym for a while. Oh, and yeah. he ended up, you know, closing it just a couple months ago. And I know that was a really, really, really tough decision for Sean because he's all about the people and the culture, you know, much like we are at Comdoc. And, we had this conversation like a year prior when he was like, man, there's just so much going on in the gym. And there's, you know, I feel like there's a lot of drama and this, and I don't know what to do. And I, I told him, I said, but Sean, how many people need that? That hour that you provide to them is the best hour of their day. And he's like, dude, you're right. You're right. So that's just something that, you know, is on my mind because of some life experiences. Yeah. So if there's some way that I could get my kids to understand that, that would be probably the most important thing that I would want to instill in them. And, you know, listening to yours and Micah's episode, um, you said, you know, I, I haven't posted much on social media about everything going on in the world right now. Cause yeah. I don't know what to say and I don't want to screw it up. <laughs> and I, dude, when you said that, I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. And there's probably a million other people right now that feel that way. Cause it seems like if you post anything and it's slightly out of context, yeah. then here come the, you know, the pitchforks and you know, yes. the, the torches. And I don't want that to happen, but I know what I see and it's ironic because with that particular instance, I remember watching that video and it must've been right after it was posted and somebody had shared it on you, uh, Facebook and I watched it and I hadn't heard anything about George Floyd in the situation up mm-hmm. to this point. And I watched the video and it's like nine minutes long. The yeah. one I watched was, and I saw it happen and like, I was mad. I was immediately enraged. Yeah. And I was like, how is this not a bigger deal? Like, how are we not reacting to that? Yeah. And then of course, like in the yeah. next 48 <laughs> hours, all hell breaks loose. And you know, people are like, I think we're overreacting. I was like, well, no, because that was my original reaction. That's yeah. exactly the way I felt when I was laying in bed that night and I watched that video for the first time. I was mad. Yeah. And I was mad at a lot of different people and groups. And yeah. <laughs> some of them are very near and dear to, you know, yeah. looking and acting the way I do at times. Yeah. And I was like, this is just 
I just don't get it. Like we're, we're all people. And you've heard me say multiple times first that, you know, we're all just here for a short period of time, man. Like, yeah. you know, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, and this is like that, like two in the morning, drink a beer conversation. You have some of your buddies sometimes, you know, <laughs> but like the first 15 years, you don't remember a lot. You're just constantly learning. And really, let's say the first 10 even, and the last, you know, 10 a lot of times you're not of the greatest health and ability and thinking capacity. And most average men in America live how long? 70 something. 70 something, right? So let's say it's 75. So you take away 20, the first 10 and the last 10. And really you got 55 really important years. That's a really, really short amount of time, is mm -hmm. it not? It is. Dude, 55 years. Like Percy's six now, seven? Yeah. Seemed like it was yesterday he was born? Yes. Right? Time you have flies. kids, Josh, right? No, I do not. No, you don't? I mean, mm -hmm. it is. First of all, kids are the great multiplier of time. Like, the second they get here, just <laughs> kiss it goodbye. Just like why I'm wearing this uniform. Because I got a baseball. Everybody who has kids baseball. always tells me such great stories like that. You know, I, yeah. they they are, listen. I wouldn't trade my kids for anything. They're the greatest part of my life, you know, them and my wife and my family. But um, they are a multiplier of time. But you know, when you when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, you go, okay, we're here for 55 good years. And really of that, again, you're not going to be real influential when you're 11. You have seen some people that have had the ability to do that, but really up until you're, you know, out of college, maybe, yeah. or, you know, you complete high school. So scrub another 10 years off. So yeah. now you got a really 45 years to yeah. be influential. Like how can you really maximize that time? How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be thought of? And, you know, you want to always say and do the right thing. But right now we live in a time where you got to be careful what and how you say it because you might you know, offend certain people, which is a shame Yeah, because I think a lot of times people just want to speak what's on their heart, you know, and I have trouble even verbalizing the way I feel about everything right now. And yeah. I'm not part of that group. And I yeah. realize I can't possibly feel the way that, you know, yeah. you and Micah were talking in your conversation, but as I'm listening to it, I, my heart's like breaking for you guys. Cause I'm like, I know you personally, I know you and Micah very well. I know you exceptionally well. I yeah. know of Micah well, and I've heard nothing but good things. And I'm like, it just sucks that people can be so cruel. You know, that's, yeah. that's the one thing that I go back to is that people can want to inflict, you know, pain and hurt on other people because of factors that they can't control even necessarily. And I, I don't get it. The closest thing I could identify was too, was this way that some people looked at my brother who had yeah. a physical disability when he was born. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you drop, walk by in a wheelchair and they just literally stare him down, like trying to figure out what's wrong with him. And I'm not talking about kids either. I'm talking about grown adults. Um, so that's the closest thing I have, but it's still nowhere near close to, I'm sure, you know, some of the situations you give experience, but yeah. I just want my kids to know that, you know what, you can make a difference. Like in your, your world, you don't have to go and become the president to change the world. You don't have to go and, you know, win a Nobel peace prize to change the world. You can yeah. change somebody's world in today, like right now in your backyard, you can change somebody's life. Right. And that's yeah. a really, really important concept. I think that I didn't understand until I was probably in my mid twenties Yeah, that I wish I had understood a lot sooner. So it's a big focus for me to make sure that my kids understand that. And that's why, you know, I'm really hypersensitive to when I hear things or I don't see that kind of kindness because I know we all have our, our moments, <laughs> right? Moments of weakness. I have mine oftentimes in sporting venues. I never do. No, I'm just sporting <laughs> venues for me are my, my, my Achilles. Uh, but you just, you know, you look back and you're like, man, I just wish I would have handled that differently. And why didn't I go the extra mile? And if I had a dollar for every single like good thought I had that I never put into action, yeah. I would probably be, you know, a multi, <laughs> multi-millionaire. And I think that I, with my kids, I just want them to know that, Hey, you can, you don't, you, you see a lot of people on social media that I think are waiting for the president to change yeah. the circumstances or they're waiting for politicians to, or they're waiting for, you know, an organized group or organization or something to do it for them. And I'm like, 
I, you know what? I'm just not going to post anything on Facebook. I'm just going to go out and just control my world. And you've seen, you know, the way that we thrive for diversity and, and the Akron branch. I mean, yeah. that's something that I want, I need, because if you're going to be the best business you can be and the best business person and the best personal person you can be, you need diversity. You need to know how different people view the world and yeah. business and everything around them. And that's something that's just extremely important to me. So again, really long winded answer, like 10 minutes. But to me, that's the one thing that if my kids could take anything away from me, I don't care if they know how to sell something. I don't care if they know how to shoot a basketball or hit a baseball or how to, you know, mow the grass. That just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But if they know how important their place in the world is and how they can impact other people in a positive way, then to me, that's, you know, a job well done by a parent. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, I always compliment my son because, you know, some the teachers or somebody's parent will go, I just saw a purse today when I was picking up my son, and he just came over and hugged me and had a smile on his face, and it just made me so much – it made me so happy. He so gets I, it from his mom, that smile, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> but, you know, it's just like – I'm like, purse, man, I just want to let you know, you know, you your smile, like, made someone happy today, so – you should probably keep doing that is what I tell them. And I think kids get it. It's like at some point you unlearn it or you figure out that, you know, you can be cruel. So you decide to use it. When you, you start getting your stuff, you know, you start getting your bills and you worry about your life and, and it's just kind of, you kind of to get in a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. So, but listen, Peaking bright and anybody's day with her smile, right? Little Peyton. Oh, my gosh. She smiles. <laughs> she, she comes to that back door and, you know, slaps her big chubby cheeks on that on that door and smiles at you. And all of a sudden, uh, yeah. those bills don't matter anymore. No, first. no, they do not. And I love, uh, you know, just pick. I have a little routine. Sometimes I forget to do it till about, you know, after dinner, but I get it in every day. Where she doesn't like to be carried like a baby, you know, like this. She doesn't like that. Swaddled. Yeah, so I grab yeah. her back up and then I kiss her until she's pushing my face away as hard as she can. So <laughs> I love it, man. But I, you got to take advantage because she ain't going to be able to do it forever. So. Gavin won't let me do that anymore. I still do it against his will. So, but that's something that you can ask Danielle every single day of my kid's life. They're getting a hug, a kiss, and told I love them probably at least 10 times. It's every, you know, if they're awake when I leave in the morning, but it's, it's, constant throughout the day i just think that's something so important right now with everything going on in the world to let them know that hey somebody's here that loves you yeah you know i i don't care if i gotta be out of jail we'll deal with it but i still love you and i'm gonna be here to support you you know yeah yeah. well right before we go one last question 551 um (laughs) game's not till 6 30 so we got like 30 minutes or so no we talked about what you want your kids to take from you what do you think and this is probably going to be hard. What is the one thing characteristic that your father uh, has that you think you took from him? Um, this is the well, one I didn't that's want a hard to have prepared yet. <laughs> there's definitely things I wish I took from him that I'm not so sure I'm, I'm as good at as him. Um, he's he's definitely a better listener than I am. That's a skill that I've tried to refine over the years. I was really bad at it early on. I've become better, but it takes a constant focus because my mind, as you've kind of noticed yeah. I'm sure it just works so fast um and it helps in sales sometimes to have words pop from your brain out of your mouth so quickly yeah. and other times it could be a big problem <laughs> so that's something you have to learn to control but um you know we talked about it a lot in episode one my dad's always been very open-minded um he's he definitely has opinions about things don't get me wrong yeah. if I call him and say like hey what do you think about me buying this vehicle you know he'll, he's gonna let me know yeah. exactly <laughs> what the right decision on that is and anything I don't you know that isn't that is not right yeah but he's very open-minded. My dad's never, you know, talking a little bit about what we just got done discussing. Yeah. He's always taught me that, hey, 
you know, we don't judge people because of their circumstances or whatever. We try to help. If we have the opportunity to, to help them in any way, shape, or form, then that's what we do. And you know my house is like a community house for Comdog. Yeah. Like you guys are always there, <laughs> hooping, swimming, yeah. eating, whatever it Speaking is. Of that, we got a date next Wednesday. My- we got one tomorrow. Kajawa's coming down tomorrow. Oh, it's tomorrow? So. That's what I thought. Drex was yeah, like, yeah. no, it's next week. Yeah. I got to get my knee together. So, and Drex and his, his buddies were all over there on, on Sunday. And that's just, you know, my dad was always that way that, hey, if you have the ability to help somebody, you help them. You know, if you know how to change a spare tire, if you have a tool that they need to borrow, like, you know, this is what we do. And uh, I think that that's something that I definitely did get from him. I want to help people oftentimes, like, even if it hinders me. Yeah. Like, if, you know, we're down to the last loaf of bread, man, you're going to get it before I'll take it. That's that's going to happen every single time. Person. I have the perfect example for this. This is, <laughs> he's not lying. So, Steve was on a call with me. This was before I moved to um, to the Dover uh, territory. This was when I was in Cuyahoga Falls. And do you remember that old woman that was in the middle of the lane, busy, busy street in Akron? Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was just stopped. So <laughs> Steve's like, pull, pull over. I'm like, I can't. I'm, I'll be coming oncoming traffic. He's like, well, just stop. Just stop. And he gets out and he goes and talks to her. And she is obviously distressed. She's scared. And she doesn't know what to do. And, you know, Steve and starts panicked. Yeah. And I'm in the driver's seat still looking like what's happening, you know, because she was outside her car with like a cane or something. I didn't know what she was doing. And it was like a five way intersection. Yeah. The cars flying by. <laughs> oh, man. I, and, uh, you know, Steve's just I see him just start pushing the car because there's like a bank over there. So he just starts putting I'm like, all right, I got to get out and help. Like, what do I look like still <laughs> sitting in the car? So I get out of the car and help push the car up there. And, you know, we stay to make sure everything's good and. That just was like a, a testament to Steve, man. So, it, like, I was watching this happen. Like, dang, like I can. Most of the people, like Steve, you know, he's he couldn't be with me that whole day. We had to get to a certain appointments, and then he had to get back because he's the, the <laughs> leader of the Akron branch. He's not just out here having lunch with me, but and he's like, you know what? Stop the car. Let's get in this thing and let's let's take care of this woman. And now, after that, I was just like, dang, Steve's the real deal. I, I, I forgot about that story, but <laughs> oh man, that poor lady. She was she was stressed, but we got her taken care of first. Yes, yes, we did. Like, I, I helped a little. I think bit it was like ninety five, like today. Oh my god, we were both wearing like black suits, suits. <laughs> <laughs> and we're pushing this car down West Exchange Street at four miles an hour with cars zipping by us. That was a Fun good story. Times. I forgot. I thought you were gonna say when I came over to fix your air conditioner late one night. <laughs> no, I didn't want to bring that up because you know. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about me not knowing where the screwdriver was and me asking my wife where it's at. Yeah, so I we, use tools, guys. <laughs> I use tools every once in, you know. That was that was the best story, Josh. So we, I get to his house and I'm like, man, we got to pop this condenser cover off. You know, we need a Phillips head. He's like, hey, babe, you know, like, what would you say if you're asking somebody where the screwdriver, you'd be like, hey, do you know where a Phillips said screwdriver is? No, Percy said, hey, do you know where the Phillips said screwdriver is? And I said, like, it caught my attention. I'm like, is that, do you only have one? He's like, yeah, we only have one screwdriver. <laughs> He's like, it's one of those that, like, flips around and becomes different ones. I'm like, I do have a power drill, though. But I didn't think, you know, I didn't want him to think I was soft and be like, hey, we need a power drill for this job. Or a power, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, hey, we got to get the manual screwdriver. You know what I'm saying? I'll twist this thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yep. That, that, that's definitely But that was ever. super hot. That, that day was super hot as well. And, you know, your best friend, you know. Mr. Simpson, who would probably was supposed to be handling the job, couldn't because he had a million people that he had to take care of, and mine wasn't, you know, like we were talking about urgent and important. Mine was not urgent. But, uh, you know, Steve was able to stop by and, and help me out. But, uh, yeah, that's that's Steve Van Horn. Um, I appreciate having you on here for part two. Yeah, uh, I still feel like we, we haven't talked a lot about the business no. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> part three will be, no. Oh, no, no, we're done, man. <laughs> We, two strikes, we're out. Yes, we tried, yes, so. yeah. If you ever want to know anything about Comdoc and our business, then feel free to 
Follow me on <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn or whatever. Well, yes. Follow Steve on Facebook and LinkedIn. I just, don't post just search a lot. Steve Van Horn and you'll find some uh some very viral pictures of him and his wife oh, took a couple man. Years ago. <laughs> I was hoping we would get through these two episodes without that coming back. <sighs> Gotta bring it back up. But um but no, I'll have all your socials linked. I'll have the, the links. You can just click on them in the uh in the YouTube description. Uh and I'll be live tonight, twitch.tv forward slash Percy Garner. You know, come by, <laughs> say what's up. Um, he, he did teach my son, by the way. It was yes, awesome. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to be hopefully building uh, Gavin a computer here soon. He showed him how to stream. He came over. I thought, like, we'll be there for 45 minutes. These two will nerd out, and it's going to be, you know, great. Like, four hours later, <laughs> Krista's going to bed. My wife's sending me mean texts, like, would you let them go? I'm like, like Percy's the one keeping us here. Yeah, right now. we're it's good. Not. We're like, good. We're good. Like, this is what this does, and this, and this, and this. Yeah, Gavin it was, was fun. It. Yeah, yeah, thanks I, again for doing that. Oh, yeah, no problem. But, uh, but yeah, man, appreciate you. Uh, you know, having you here and, uh, I guess I'll, uh, see you tomorrow or Thursday, you know, when we, when we going back to the office later, July, August? we got an appointment together Thursday, yeah, so we'll we see do. you there, but I don't know, man, we're going to play it safe. We want to be, yeah. be safe and we are very fortunate to be in that group that can still function at a pretty and high again, level. You trust us. Office, so. Trust us. You're trust you, man. Trust yeah. you. We hire people we trust yeah. and they do good things for us. So really, I'm really not, fortunate. I'm not working. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I knew it, Josh. I no, knew it. But you get to your son. Listen, what happens in sales, Purse? If you don't work, who does it hurt? Does it hurt you more or me more? Uh, me. Yeah, definitely <laughs> me. Whoever you are, if you're not working, it's it's hurting you and your family. <laughs> oh, oh DCYF. We didn't bring that no. up. No. <laughs> we not bring that That's up. That's a pediasm. Yes. That's a good one. You got to mention that before we hang out. Yeah, Tell DCYF, people what DCYF um, is. If you're wondering what DCYF means, <laughs> it means don't cheat your family. Yeah. And it, it, it's like you're sitting in that the pew at church and, you know, the pastor says something. You're just like, oh, oh it hurts. Yeah. That when Steve says that in meetings or whoever, I'm just like, oh. I only say it because Pete taught it to me. But think about it, Josh. So, like, are, like there's times you're willing to cheat yourself, right? Oh, yeah. yeah? Human, right? Like, yeah, that <laughs> night you're like, you know what? I'll eat the bag of candy. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I'm only cheating myself. But do you ever want to cheat your wife? No. You never want to cheat your wife. Do you ever want to cheat your kids, person? Never, never. So it's just like, it's like a razor blade when you hear that. You're like, don't you, like, hey, did you make enough cold calls today? Yeah, all right, person, don't cheat your family. I didn't make enough cold calls today. (laughs) That's what the Phillies strength coach. I could have worked harder. Jason Meredith. Jason Meredith for the Phillies. I don't don't know who he's with now, but when I was with the Phillies, he would say that all the time. You'd be walking out of the weight room, and you're about to literally walk through the door, and Jason would be like, hey, Percy, uh, you feel like you got, you know, you're a good day's work in. You're like, oh my god! I didn't until you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was good, but no, that's a, that's a great tactic for great way to end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how you can end. You, I know you're struggling with your sign off. You could just DCYF. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get it down. We'll figure it out. You know, but you know, what are we, what are we saying? Uh, no, I'm not saying that. But you're nah. doing like peace, love, and harmony or something at the end, yeah. haven't you? Well, I guess that would really be very, very good advice right now. But no, nah, we appreciate we appreciate everybody who's uh, you know subbing to the YouTube channel. You know, I just want you guys to check out um, the Get Level Podcast Network. We got other podcasts on there. We got the Alcohol Drug Coalition, um, and we got you know the Summit Up with, with Rob. I love that one. Um, but yeah, just support, you know, Get Level Podcast Network and uh, all the things they're doing. They're helping me out with this. Josh is a part of that. Well, he, him and Kyle are the parts. <laughs> but um, I appreciate everything you do, man. And um, uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with another episode next Tuesday. So we shoot these Tuesday and then we put them out Tuesday. Hopefully we can stay ahead like this and I'm not scrambling. 
Um, but, but yeah, until next time, guys. Peace.